0: And welcome to the Off Kilter Quilt. My name is Frances, and I'll be your hostess. Hey there, this is sort of a special episode. It's part two of my Quilt Con musings. If you are just not interested in modern quilting or Quilt Con, if you're done with Quilt Con, um, you know. There, there's so many other good podcasts to listen to. But if you're interested in my thoughts on Quilt con and I talk a lot about what I see as trends uh, in modern quilting. and it's funny because as I was I was I listened to what I recorded and it's it's interesting enough. It's okay. It's not a total waste of time. But I was scrolling through Instagram and I'm seeing all these um, new trends or a continuation of some of the trends that I was seeing at QuiltCon. There are a lot of people a lot of, including me who are doing a lot of stitching, a lot of hand stitching, a lot of hand quilting. And I think that's cool. I'm interested. And you know, that, that was certainly going on before QuiltCon. I wonder how influential Sherry Lynn Wood was. Uh, you know, she gave the keynote talk. She did an amazing job. Uh, I'm sure she gained many new fans and acolytes just from that presentation, which I talked about in my first discussion of Quiltcon 2019. But anyway, I won't ramble on. Here, I will just get on with um yeah, Quiltcon part 2. See you later. Hello and welcome to episode 235, the part 2 of my Quiltcon report episode. Today is Friday, March 1st. You know, I don't complain about the weather. So the fact that it is cold and drizzly and dreary it doesn't even affect me. I'm just kind of amazing that way. I don't care. It can stay like this for till May. No skin off my teeth. Travis is a little down about it on the other hand. All right, it is Friday morning. Um, kind of a weird Friday morning. Will doesn't have school. We have uh, a conference. It's Friday. it's it's spring conferences. Um, spring awakenings. No, just conferences to decide on his schedule for next year and that's at one and I feel like I have a little bug nothing bad it could be allergies yesterday it was 60 and I'd say it was beautiful but that would be making a judgment on the weather Um, But it was warm, and things are in bloom. I'm always happy when we cross that line into March, so when things are in bloom, you don't start feeling panicky. I mean, we could still get snow. It's supposed to be cold next week, but you at least feel like, well, it's almost spring, and it is North Carolina, and it's all going to be okay. Yes, fingers crossed. So I wanted to keep talking about um, Quilcon, and I guess... I'm not even going to do a quilt diary. I'm just going to talk. I was going to fake it, like, okay, now, on with the quilt diaries, but why fake? We're friends. I feel like we should have transparency here. I'm not going to fake a quilt diary for you. This is just a report, a special report from me about QuiltCon, and um, I wanted to talk about some specific quilts in a little more depth. Um, and a little, I don't know, you know, it, it's funny So it's been a week, it's been a week I'll tell you what, I'll be 55 in May And time just goes faster and faster I'm pretty sure if I turned around three times And, um, you know, clicked my heels together That I would be 82 Which is okay, you know, my mom is in her 80s She's doing great and having a good time But it's still, it's a little concerning to me how fast the days and weeks fly, that it's March of two thousand and nineteen, which means it's almost two thousand and twenty. things are getting away from me, but um, yeah, so it's but it is funny to think, yeah, this uh, this time last week I was in Nashville, it was equally as uh, dreary and gloomy, not that we minded, and we especially didn't mind because, of course, spending most of the day inside of the convention center looking at beautiful quilts and talking to fun quilting friends. I don't know that I mentioned in my last episode, which I just posted. Like yesterday, um, who knows how long it will take this to get one this post this one posted. Hopefully, I'll get it done pretty soon. Um, but one one of the delights of my quilt con experience was meeting my friend Vicki Holloway from my Creative Corner Three, and she's another person I've known her for several years online. Uh, when I met her, felt like oh, it's Vicky, right? Just didn't seem there was no shock of the new, but there was one little shock. Vicki, I thought you would be taller. You have a tall voice. Yeah, um, but I had no idea you would be so luminous. You know, some people carry light, and Vicky's one of those people. So that was lovely to meet Vicki. Um, I got to see and kind of meet for the second time Mary Kay Waldvogel, who is a quilt historian out of Knoxville, Tennessee. who's involved with the Quilt Alliance, so that was fun. She's, she's neat, and she's really helped me. Um, with uh, friendship album 1933, because in fact it was her book that she wrote with Barbara Brackman about the world's fair, the World's Fair and the Sears Quilting Contest of 1933 that inspired this novel. So that's kind of exciting to to run into her. I did a, an event at her guild in Knoxville. I think it's like in April of 2000. I don't. I. I feel like it was two years ago, but maybe it was just this past year. Who knows? There is no such thing as time. That's what I've decided. It makes everything a lot easier, although it still means I continue to be. <laughs> maybe it is why I am five minutes late to everything because I don't actually believe in time. But uh, I had met her there and was uh, found her absolutely dev- delightful. And then she was hanging out some in the Quilt Alliance booth at QuiltCon, so so good to see her again. I got to uh, spend some time with Marianne Fonds. Who I know a little bit and is also really nice people. I uh, is, is a really nice people. She is a nice person and she is good people. And what I love about being at these events is by and large everyone is so nice. And it's like the famous people are nice. The person you've never seen before who you're standing next to a quilt with. I'm not sure about the prepositions there, but bear with me. You know who you just start chatting with. People just seem nice. I think we're all happy to be around the quilts. We're happy to be among our people, to be around the quilts, to be inspired, and all of that. So um, yeah, it's just it just amazes me. But yes, yeah, so seeing Vicky was definitely a highlight. Did I mention that we got to hang out? That so my girls, my QuiltCon girls, of course, are Holly Ann and Jen, and we got to hang out with Lynn and Pam from um, from Stitch TV. Is it called the Stitch? You guys, I'm sorry. You got but you know what I'm talking about. Um, and they are always just fun. Fun. They are they are big introverts just like me. But you know, you can be a big introvert and be on. But you also, when your friends are big introverts, you understand when they text you stuff like, we'll just be hanging out in the car for the next 30 minutes and not talking. I'm like, Sister, I hear you. Um, Anyway, so I'm still thinking a lot about QuiltCon and um, all the good things that happened there. It's a great show, and I know some of you listening, maybe many of you listening, are not modern quilters, but you love quilts, right? And I hope you love Quilt Talk, because that's what you're about to get. I am looking at the best of show quilt called Smile, and it is a group quilt. And as I said in the last episode, I kind of love given Sherry Lynn Wood's message about making quilts with, and not necessarily just for, um, in her keynote speech, it just seems so fitting that a group quilt would win the, the best in show. And I really, I really like this quilt a lot. I was thinking about the winners of QuiltCon's past, um, just in that... So there've only been six quilt cons, so we don't have a ton, right, to to evaluate. But it seems to me there are two kinds, um, and one is the on-trend quilt, and the other is the idiosyncratic quilt, which would be a, a more original artwork. So the first quilt to win quilt con was Victoria Family Wolf's Double edged Love, and that is an idiosyncratic original quilt. It's not, I, I mean, and I, I need to be careful with the word originality here because it is based on a traditional block, the double wedding ring, but Victoria absolutely makes it her own. It's a funky, neat, exciting quilt to me. It's it's really one of, one of my favorite quilts. Um, then Melissa... Averinos. I was about to say Melissa Orophil. She is not Melissa Orophil. She's Melissa Averino's, her quilt, which was the winner in what? Are we going to say it was 2016? I think that's right. Another idiosyncratic, funky quilt, original vision kind of quilt with my brother's jeans. And it was a little bit of a controversial quilt. People had different feelings about that. People felt, you know, there were people who felt like it was because of the quilt story. These were jeans that were made from, uh, that were from, these were jeans once worn by Elizabeth's. Elizabeth, yeah, okay. Just bear with me. I'm still recovering. Um, Melissa's brothers. They once belonged to Melissa's brother, and he uh, died by suicide. And so you know, and that's part of that's part of the quilt story. And it's it, and it it does add power to the quilt. I like the quilt in and of itself now another interesting thing I didn't see the quilt in person um, people who saw it in person seem to be less impressed with it than people who saw pictures of it so it's one of those things but but it is um, idiosyncratic that's the main point we don't need to actually open up the debate about the quilt um, bling by is a cat jones also another idiosyncratic quilt it's uh, it's although one Definitely with its roots and tradition, right? But it's it's a it's an original vision. It was a really neat, surprising quilt. Uh, the quilt that won last year. Let me look it up. I know. Uh, I know it was made by Steph. Is that helpful to you? Yes. The quilt was called "Going Up," uh, pieced and quilted by Stephanie Scardal. Scardal. I'm not sure quite how to emphasize the syllables there. Um, a North Carolina quilter. Thank you very much. And this seems to me a more on-trend quilt. Um, she is a, uh, it's a very, it's it's based in sort of traditional uh, memes. No, just in, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I like throwing out the word meme when I can. But it's, I mean, so it's a very, it's a, it's, it's, um, it's a very graphically striking quilt. It is a quilt that incorporates very thin lines, so we could call that small piecing, um... It's, it, uh, it's this blue and white quilt. It's, it's a great quilt, but it feels to me a bit more on trend. So, you know, b- and partly that's because it's, its basis, I think, is in graphic design. Um, and, you know, so, so not so loosey-goosey <laughs> as, as the idiosyncratic quilts. But it, it feels very much a quilt of its time, a quilt of its moment. And that's how I felt about this year's winter. Uh, smile. You look at it, and one of the things that I, I like, so it's a group quilt, and it's composed of, let's say, loosely constructed blocks. I thought it was, from this quilt and a few others that I had seen online, I, I thought maybe this was a show we were actually going to see more quilts that were playing around. With blocks this way, that did not turn out to be a ca- the case. There's a, uh, there are a couple more, but but this was, you know, but but it, it, uh, it may be a new trend, and it's something that we can look for in the next few years. But right now, it's it's it's. Um, so in that way, I guess I'm contradicting myself to say it's not that you know this is an on-trend quilt. It's on-trend in this way that the blocks are largely improvised blocks. There are. Um, there, there are curved pieces, it's not enti- entirely composed of curved pieces. Um, and in fact, it's, it's more, um, I see some, I see strings, but um, I see triangles. There's a lot going on in this quilt. I think it handles, I think the composers of the quilt handled color beautifully. The colors are very on trend. I'm seeing orange, I'm seeing fuchsia, I'm seeing peach and blues, and lime, lime green, some chartreuse green, Um, another, yeah, and there's plum, so that's, I saw a lot of plum at QuiltCon, a lot of plum, yeah, Um, which is funny, because I I feel like for so long, the, you know, it's still, by the way, the show is still very solid, you know, it's like not seen, uh, still not seen a lot of prints um but I think people are getting more adventurous in their use of solids and their palettes are getting more adventurous in their palettes and that may be because uh, fabric designers are actually creating more colors and you know a broader palette to, to choose from so very much in terms of its palette it's very on trend um, and the fact that it's improvised is very on trend it's a cheerful quilt it's uh it's it's really fun to look at. What surprised me when I saw it in person, so we watched the announcements, the award announcements in our little house in Nashville. Um, and for some reason on our screen, we couldn't see the quilts as they were announced. I think if you were at the show, you could. But we, looked, we were looking quilts up as they were announced. And, uh, and all felt like, oh, you know, what a great quilt, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And then uh, it surprised me a little bit when I saw it in person, that it was smaller than I thought it would be. And unfortunately, at least in the picture that I took of it, I don't see um, the measurements. But even looking at the picture that I took, you know, I know that if I were actually seeing it in real life, my picture, even in my picture, it looks like a big quilt. And it's really not it's it's not twin sized you know it's uh it's kind of lap size, maybe a little bit bigger, and you know it's one of those correct me if I'm wrong kind of things, but um yeah, it's so that I wish it had been bigger to be quite honest with you because it's it's a quilt that has with its color um and design has a lot of impact, but man, <laughs> like if it had just been like if it had been. Uh, queen size may have been too much to ask, but nonetheless, that that would be one of the things, um, you know, if I take the group aside and say, girls, nice quilt, here's how I think you should revise it. I'd say, Make it bigger. But uh, yeah, but I think it's very much an on-trend quilt. Now, not everyone um, felt like, oh, this is the best in show. But here's the thing I think about judging. I, I just assume it's like this in every kind of judging. And I've done judged writing contest is you kind of, best the, the, the winners, you, you kind of get down to like 10 really fairly uh, equal quilts or stories or whatever it is you're judging. So you get down to 10 or 7, and they're all kind of equally good. And at that point, it becomes apples and oranges. It becomes your personal taste as a judge. It becomes um, if you have an agenda as an, as a judge and judges have agendas. And that's again, once, and that's, you know, once you get down to those finalists, that's going to be part of your criteria. What is it you want to see when? And so maybe the judges got to, you know, again, I think it's a beautiful quilt. I, I think there's, uh, it's absolutely worthy of being best, best in show, but it's possible that got to this point and the judge like, you know, it'd be great to have a group quilt. That's never happened. This is a beautiful quilt. We love it. Let's do it. Were there other quilts that I thought were stronger? I think there were other quilts that I found more interesting, but again, that's uh, apples and oranges, my personal preferences and agendas. Um, so I found this delightful. There were other quilts I spent a lot more time in front of. You know, but I'm not sure that that's enough. That's an argument. Well, that drew my eye more, uh, is an argument for um, you know saying that the quilt that I liked best or the quilts that I liked best should have been best in the show as opposed to this one. So I have zero complaints about this quilt winning best in show. Other, I wish it were bigger, but it is an on trend quilt, so it's not an idiosyncratic quilt. It's and I uh, it's, it's representing a lot of what's happening in modern quilting and maybe taking a step forward with this both being a group quilt, although there were a number of group quilts and a number of very strong group quilts, I thought, but also being a quilt that's incorporating some funky blocks and construction that, um, you know, I, I think it's neat. And I'm sitting here looking at it going, I think this is neat. I like it. So it's an on-trend quilt. One of the things that got some discussion um, was the categories, and categories in quilt con include applique, use of negative space, minimalism. I want to say hand piecing. I'm not sure that that's quite right, but it may be maybe hand, hand work. So it's not necessarily a quilt that's been hand pieced, but it involves hand work. And we're seeing, of course, still a lot of the big stitching stuff. I think probably quilters had. And this would be an interesting discussion, and you can argue with me because I love to argue. Um, who's had as much influence over the show as anyone is Sean Kimber because you saw a lot of quilts that have the tiny piecing, which she is known for. I know other people do it as well, but I feel like she's the one who really popularized the tiny piecing. You've seen a lot of quilts with words, and I think she was, um, and not certainly quilters have been using words in their quilts forever. Um, certainly, since uh, the, the 19th century and, and possibly before, in terms of at least American quilt makers. Um, but me, these statement quilts that she's been doing for a while now, and now we're seeing a lot of that. And, and I, I like to, I don't mind a statement quilt. Sometimes I feel with the, the statement quilts, sometimes I wonder, it's like exactly who's your audience and are you trying to affect some change? And the answer that to that might be no, I just am really mad. <laughs> And I want to express it through my art, which is, I think, perfectly valid. Um, but anyway, back to the main point: is Sean Kimber is, I think, the one of the forerunners in the modern quilt movement. Um, when it comes to statement quilts, when it comes, and, and also just quilts with words. Now there I, there are a couple other people as well I know, but and I, I just felt like Sean Kimber was a, uh, with the handwork, with the statement quilts. Um, with the small piecing. I just feel like she is a huge influence right now. And, and I think she's a genius, you know, and there's a really good interview with her over on Just Want a Quilt that I, there's two interviews with her. I need to go back and listen to the first one. The most recent one, I feel like it was, was posted in February. And um, just fascinating. And I think that Sean Kimber I mean, obviously she's a quilter and she does pull from tradition. She draws inspiration from tradition, but she's also an artist. She's really recasting things, um, you know, via her vision and her creativity. So, um, you know, she's, she's pretty amazing. She's coming to my guild in July and I'm not going to be there and I'm so bummed. I'm so pumped! I can't believe it, um, but I have the a Quilt Alliance board meeting up in DC that I have to go to. So anyway, um, so yes, we saw a lot of a lot of Sean Kimber influence in this show. Um, okay, so we're, but we're talking about yes, yeah, So uh, handwork, we have modern traditional quilts, um, small quilts, group quilts. There were and one of the things that I talked about with some people is some of the categories, not the categories aren't arbitrary, but felt a little bit like, like I, I think minimalism and negative uh, space were next to each other. And honestly, I was, I, I was a little surprised to look up and realize that I had moved from, from one category to the other. There were a number of quilts that would have worked um, in either category. And, and, you know, I, I, the, People get to say what category they want to be considered for, and I, my understanding is sometimes if the the jurors uh, don't feel like you've entered in the right ca- category, they'll switch you. But anyway, there's another, and this is the category that throws me a little bit. It's just called piecing. But you know, the negative space quilts are pieced all the quilts are pretty much pieced (laughs) except the applique quilts so but I assume it's like okay if you want us to focus on the piecing or some innovative way you've pieced the quilt or the quality of the piecing enter your quilt under piecing but that is a vague category so yeah so there was some discussion um about that how just how uh meaningful these different categories are. There were a lot of improv quilts. Improv remains on trend in the modern quilt movement. There was a lot of minimalism that remains on trend in the modern uh, quilt movement. I felt like there were more applique quilts this year than in than sa- in Savannah. I remember feeling in Savannah, like if you want to get into QuiltCon, enter an applique quilt, which I did the following year sit in, which was rejected, but accepted this year. Hooray. Um yeah, so but it did seem like that category is growing and it doesn't surprise me because there's so much you can do with Applique. You know, there's so much you can do. It just broadens your artistic horizons like nobody's business. Um what else did I want to tell you? Oh, the issue of function, functuality. functionality, 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 functional, functionality. I think that's right. Although, you know, I, I, WordPress keeps trying to say, no, that's not right. Maybe it's functionality, but whatever it is, you know what I'm talking about. Still have the modern quilt guild definition of a modern quilt opens up with modern quilts are primarily functional. I don't see that. And You know, and I'm not, and and I don't mind that modern quilts seem to be evolving out of, away from being primarily functional. I'm just curious why the Modern Quilt Guild board has not revisited that definition, uh, because it doesn't feel quite right anymore. Um, and, and and you know I, I actually I really I'm a member of the modern quilt guild I love my local guild I think that QuiltCon was a great show I'm sure there were glitches I'm sure people had complaints but that as it you know you gotta this that's got to be a huge amount of work I know that my quilt got returned <laughs> exactly when they said it would um so, you know, some quilts will may get lost. But anyway, I think that the Modern Quilt Guild, by and large, does a great job. I know there are people outside of the guild, people who have left the guild, people who have started their own versions of modern guilds who have issues with the Modern Quilt Guild defining what a modern quilt is, um, sort of setting the the parameters on that. Um yeah, and and that to be honest, I, I on the one hand, I, I don't care that much really. But on the other hand, it's like, yeah, it's like I, I feel like the you know it's it'd be it, it's an interesting time to revisit the definition. That's my main point. And what I saw a quilt were quilt. It's not just but these are show quilts, right? So no one's putting these quilts on the bed except maybe sit-in. I might put sit-in on the bed. Did I talk about this last time? Maybe I did. Just bear with me. I repeat myself all the time anyway, so you're used to it. Um, I'll put sit-in on a bed as long as my kids aren't using the bed and my dogs not using the bed. Um, But by and large, you're looking at these quilts. They're not bed quilts. They're not lab quilts. They're show quilts. And you know, it's not just modern quilting that has show quilts. All quilts you see at Paducah, the quilts you see at Houston. They're show quilts, they're not going on anybody's bed, anybody's lap, they're not, you're not going to roll up a baby in one, you're just not, that's not, uh, that's not where we are, um, with the show quilt, it's not what it's made for, it's made to, made to be in the show, which I think is, which is fun, um, but it's not just that, it's that, you know, there are quilts that you, you wouldn't put a baby in because there are too many kind of moving parts on the quilt. There are quilts that are, you know, 12 by 12. Even a baby's too big for that quilt. Um, there, there, there are a lot of quilts at QuiltCon that are, are to be put on walls and I am someone who has quilts on walls. I'm not against it, but, uh, yeah, it just seems to me that the, the, as I said, the definition provided by the Modern Quilt Guild is out of step with what's really happening in modern quilting, and I, was, and I certainly don't think that the Modern Quilt Guild should start, yeah, you know, policing and saying no, 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 it has to be functional. I think, um, you know, quite the opposite. If if an art form is alive, it's going to grow and change, and that's what we're seeing. So let's see, what else do we want to talk about? Oh, I know. I want to talk about my friend Val's quilt that won the People's Choice Award. This is a beautiful quilt. It's called Separated. um, And I'll read you the description or the artist statement. Between April and June of this year, an estimated 2,342 children were separated from their families at USA borders per government order. My heart grieves for these families and the impact that will be felt for generations I made a square for each child who is affected by this trauma, a dark background for a dark situation, and varying shades of mostly yellow to represent the hope and light in each child. The piecing and quilting were designed to reflect the variety of people and circumstances, the chaos, and the separation. When seen all together, 2,342 squares of light feels both beautiful and heavy. My hope is that the light can outshine and heal from this dark chapter in our history. Um, and it's a beautiful quilt. So the, the background is a, is a dark, dark blue, like a nearly black blue. The pieces, they're all, they're tiny squares and they're different size squares. And, and, and almost like you look at it and you really see the light. It's almost like looking at a cityscape, you know, with windows of light it is a gorgeous quilt. It is my favorite kind of statement quilt. Now, I have to say, you I don't think you would look at, at Separated and go, oh, this is a quilt about children being separated from their families at the border. You have to be told that that was behind um, Val's choices as a designer and a quilter, that that's what, what she was making the quilt about. But it does carry such light in it, Um and, yeah, I, I mean, that's always the question, right? And, you know, I'm a quilt story person. And I write quilt fiction, and I work for the, you know, volunteer for, with the Quilt Alliance because we document quilts and quilt stories. And, and I'm all about the story part of that. I think I love collecting people's stories. I love hearing people's stories. And when it comes to quilts, you know, I think there are people who feel very strongly any piece of art needs to stand by itself, you shouldn't have to explain it for there to be for you to feel something about it or to truly have an emotional response to it. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean I do think there's some quilts and I think Melissa Aberino's My Brother's Jeans is one of those quilts that carries emotion in it. You you understand that it's a quilt about trauma without knowing what the trauma is. That the the description of the quilt just fully defines the trauma behind the quilt. Um, the interesting thing about Val's quilt, and maybe I, I, I know Val, she's a friend. She is that, that, you know, she is light. You know, I was talking about how my f- friend Vicki was so interesting meeting her because there's something, this luminous quality about her. There is a luminous quality about Val, um, a deep joy, um, about Val. And so for me, what shines out from this quilt is, is the hope more than the despair, um, and and I think there are more. There's more light. There are more. There's more yellow and gold, and what and then than the dark blue in the quilt. But um, yeah. So I, I, I. But again, so I don't think you would. You could look at it and say this is what this quilt is about. But but it does. I think of. I do think it's evocative, and I do think it. You know, makes you feel feelings. I'm not a purist. I feel like yeah, it's even better. You, you feel more about it. You feel more deeply about it. You respond more strongly to it once you know the story. And I've seen quilts uh, that I didn't much like. Not a not a quilt con, but actually at a, a SACWA exhibit um, in Herndon, Virginia, where I was just like, eh. And then I heard the story, and suddenly I loved the quilt. And you could say, well, if you didn't love the quilt at all, be, before you heard the story, you shouldn't love it after. I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't have those kind of strict rules. So... Um, anyway, so but, but obviously uh, everyone in our guild is incredibly <laughs> proud of Val. We were so happy. You know, I mean, we saw the quilt. Um, I think we've seen it under construction, but we, we certainly saw the finished quilt and, um, and guild, and everyone was just overwhelmed by it. It's a beautiful quilt. There's another quilt I want to talk about. You know, I was talking about that there were a few quilts that utilized blocks. This is a quilt called Carolinas. It's by Terry Pert and, um, it's a commemorative quilt made from my drawings of places and things seen on a trip to the Carolinas, um, which you like, I live in North Carolina. That's exciting to me. And it's blocks. It's on trend in terms of color. There are the blue, you know, the, the on trend blues, the on trend oranges, the, there's the chartreuse. Um, yeah, there's even, there's even a little mustard in there. Gotta have a little mustard in your quilt this year, ladies. Um, and it's, and it's funny, it's a very, to me, it's a similar quilt to Smile, the Best in Show quilt. It's more controlled. Its blocks are more controlled. I like the quilting in it very much. I like the design of it very much. Um, now I'm looking at it like, oh, do I see, <laughs> like, do I see Duke Chapel? There's something kind of chapel in there. Um, yeah, so anyway, but that, that was the other, like, outstanding block quilt that I saw, and um, it, it, very, very well done. We're still seeing a lot of gray in the quilts, but I think less than we used to. I I, I think gray may be on its way out, um, or at least it's going to be, it's it's a less dominant part of the palette, and I think it, that, that I, I mean, I think there'll always be gray. You know, you want all the colors, you want to use all the colors, but what I did see, uh, and I did see a lot of grays, but like, I'm looking at this quilt now, uh, Called Passage Number Three by Carson Converse, who's a quilter I was not familiar with before, but I think is amazing, and she got this. This may have won first place, I can't tell. And minimalist design, but its uh, its colors are the, these dark, like um, a plum, and what looks to me like a very sort of dark purplish brown um a really bad bruise color not exactly but um with and it's just it's a striped quilt so the it's that dark purplish brown and then the plum um that let's say that those stripes are maybe five inches wide let me see if it has the yeah uh, it doesn't have the the measurements um and then but they're divided by what looks to be let me see i think i did a close-up at some point of the quilting itself but let's say um oh gosh it's a, a I don't know I want to say it's pink like a deep deep pink bright deep pink but that's not quite right I, I'm not um I'll put a picture up so you can see it but a very very tiny line dividing the stripes uh and it just yeah it's it's definitely minimalism and it just it's to me it's 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 I I, I really I like it it's another on-trend quilt um I think that this uh Carson Converse again very gifted quilter and I like the fact that it is on sale for three thousand dollars ladies if you can sell your quilts sell them for what they're worth um yeah okay I wish I could think of the right name for this pink it's a salmon it's like if there was like a deep salmon pink um yeah that's what I would call that very very narrow like quarter of an inch stripe that's dividing the larger stripes and what's nice it's the it's the straight line quilting horizontal straight line quilting also like a quarter inch the lines are quarter inch separate except that in one of the stripes I did a close-up on the quilting and it's actually the in one of the sections um, it's it's closer to like an eighth of an inch and the thread used to quilt is also this kind of salmon color thread. It's really neat and then I talked about the Forest Through the Trees number four also by Carson Converse. Um, one of my favorite quilts in the show this one where she, she paints she over dyes fabric and paints fabric um, and it it's just seems to me it's again it's a quilt it has some Gee's Ben qualities to it, but also, who's the German painter, like Anselm, what's his name? I want to say it's Anselm Kiefer, and I think that's wrong. But there's there's something um, kind of postmodern abstract expressionist, I don't think that's even a category, but um, a kind of post-World War II German (laughs) feeling about it. Um, which sounds dark, and that actually, it, it, but it's it's literally, it's a dark quilt, and this is a lot of grays, it's got black, white, and gray, but the, the there's vertical black stripes that look like maybe they're an inch wide, there's vertical white stripes that come out of the black stripes, also so an inch wide, and then there's the background fabric, which is various varying grays, and you know, they kind of look like layers of clouds or mountains, um, it's just, I, I just thought it was really striking. Um, okay. So, I, I mean, I could go on forever and ever and talk about each quilt, and, and I won't. Um, what, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to pause and get my thought, but as I'm scrolling through my pictures, and I did try to take pictures of almost all the quilts, you know, you're still seeing some half square triangles, but it's not like Savannah, and you've seeing a ton of small piecing, seeing the The circles and the half circles and the quarter circles. You're seeing um, some really controlled curves as well as improvised curves. Uh, You know there are a few quilts again: black, white, red, and gray. There's a quilt that actually really uh, like a great deal. Let me see. It's called Line After Line by Michelle Settle, and um, it's and it's inspired by uh, Annie Albers weaving. Um, Annie Albers was a German artist who came over to the States with uh, with her husband, Mr. Albers, who's also very famous, and I want to say his name is Joseph, and that may be correct, but anyway, they were at Black Mountain college up in North Carolina um, a place that I highly romanticize up in the 50s and uh, and I can absolutely see how this quilt with its uh its stripes both vertical and horizontal black white red gray um it's I think it's a tremendous quilt but it also I don't know I, I'm just wondering about this is a I feel like this is a color palette that we have seen in the past and I saw less of this time around um I see my friend Patty's quilt. This is very cool. This is, it's, she calls it Briar Rose and it's a modern interpretation of the Crown of Thorns block and that was, Patty uh, has been helping me, has been basically doing patterns of the quilts that I've made for Friendship Album and I made a Crown of Thorns, a traditional Crown of Thorns block and she uh, did this modern interpretation of it. And, and and it's very, in terms of the colors, a really interesting color choices, again, on trend with a kind of, what I would, a kind of chartreuse mustardy green, and then a, a, I don't know if it's a darker green, or it's a blue green, but the center of the Crown of Thorns block is a, a peachy orange, more orange than peach, but it's a lighter orange, it's really, really pretty, and I think, for me, that's, it's, the it makes the quilt I also it has spiral quilting and I feel like I didn't see as much spiral quilting this year and I love the spiral quilting so it's a really lovely quilt Um, and I just feel like it's it's one of those quilts where um, you know I just feel like she and she's my friend so this is kind of cheating I'm going to talk to you about all my friends quilts but I'm very proud of my friends Um, but I just feel like she made so many great design choices in the quilt so it made me really happy to see it there and that um, you know that it was a quilt that came out of a kind of collaboration we did. I'm not taking any responsibility for what Patty did with, with hers, but it's just kind of neat that it came out of that project, kind of makes me happy. Another color combination that I feel like I've seen a lot of is a very, very light pink, and then a charcoal gray and a white. Um, and I'm seeing that on this a uh, really nice quilt called Weave. Um, so seeing more of that, just I'm scrolling through again, lots of plums, chartreuse, mustard, and it's kind of it's kind of fun um, to see these colors. Not a lot of prints, although I'm looking at a quilt right now called "Random Hexagons by the Block" by Catherine Redford, and she actually has in her hexes, It's a very it's a really cute quilt, really well done. Um, she does some neat things. Um, she's got it's, it's basically I don't know if it's going to tell me. And it won first place in small quilts, by the way. And The center element is kind of a vertical, we're going to call it a vertical long block of hexagons in all kinds of different colors, including some prints. I see some polka dots, mostly. Um, And it's set, it's off center toward the left edge of the quilt. And then toward the right, there are these little tiny, what look to me like the world's tiniest flying geese. I don't think that's right. I'm going to see what she has to say. Alright, I'm looking at it some more and what I really see, I think it's just it's quilting. I think it's just um that it's almost like she did X it's stitching, not quilting, but just this a long vertical line of X's, four of them. And it's a neat quilt. So I'll probably I think at this point, I think you get the picture. I liked the show. It was interesting to see um Okay, I got cut off for a second, um, by my teenage son coming to ask about something. Ah, the life of a mother. We had book group last night. The book we read, by the way, was The Immortalists and the author's first name is Chloe. <laughs> uh, if I think about it, I will, um, link to it. I, I haven't finished it, but it was, I really have been enjoying it. And the, what I said about it at book group um, it's one of those things you say something and you're like, yeah, that's it. That's it. I said, you know, it's a book that doesn't ask a lot of you as a reader, but gives you a lot. <laughs> and that's kind of like one of my favorite book kind of books, you know, where you're reading it very happily. You're not, it's it's not making you work for the story, but the story is good. The writing is good. The characters are interesting. So that's called The Immortalist. Anyway, we're, most of us are are mothers of teenagers and um, so we talk a lot about that. I love my teenagers. They're good boys. Um, it's just, you know, you worry. You're a mother. You worry. So um, I could go on and on about trends and about <laughs> my friends' quilts. Uh, there our, our guild, as I mentioned in the last episode, had I think, 14 quilts. Uh, my friend Michelle Wilkie had a lot of quilts. A couple of people from our guild who I've never met before had quilts. Um, Val and Melissa and Patty and I had to get a quilt so I, I think that we had, I think we had a really good showing and uh, but I will not and then I had friends from other places who had quilts uh, so but I will not go down the list of every single quilt by someone I love <laughs> but I was really happy to see Patty's there and particularly because um, you know she's been so helpful to me and and making these patterns that I just think it's neat to be able to get an opportunity to celebrate her work has, was really nice and really. Um, so yeah, anyway um, I'm not going to keep discussing every quilt in the world I could, I could go on for hours I could just go through all the pictures and talk about each quilt but I'm not sure um, one, I'm not made of time although I don't believe in time, I'm not made of time um, and neither are you and so and you if you're on Instagram and just do hashtag quiltcon2019 you can see all the pictures too one of one of the interesting conversations one of 10 trillion interesting conversations I had at quiltcon was about the criteria for modern quilts and, and the criteria in judging modern quilts and this is a friend of mine who judges quilts and is a you know, I mentioned her before um Is someone who is uh, a quilt appraiser who has a deep knowledge of quilts and and you know is a machine quilt on and on and on long arm just a brilliant person and you know one of the things that she said was you know there there many of the quilts that won prizes in quilt con would not win prizes in other shows and might not have even got gotten in and what we talked about was how there there is I think a different set of criteria perfectionism or uh, no perfectionism that's not a, a, a criteria perfection might be um but accuracy precision those are those are qualities that are important in constructing a good quilt and I do feel and I've said this 10 million times and I'll say it 10 million times you know, probably in the next 10 minutes, so bear with me. But no, I, I, I feel like every year the quilts you see at Quilt Con, the modern quilts you see at, at guilds or on Instagram, um, are just getting better because people are practicing. You know, the more you sew, the better you get, the more you want to achieve in terms of your skills because you want to make a certain kind of quilt. So you've got to learn how to do curves. instance the more you do curves the better you get at curves and you watch the youtube videos and your craftsy classes or blueprint or whatever we're calling that now Um, you know you you take classes uh from a teacher who comes to your guild or whatever and you get better and you're seeing that in the modern quilts however and 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 and, you know that with quilt con you've got the five the there's jurors, but then there are the three judges, and one is always a professional quilt judge. I think one person comes kind of from the art world outside of the quilt world, and one person comes from the modern quilt world. So it's, it's a neat. I think that's a really great idea. So there is always a judge who's looking and going, hmm, don't know about that seam or whatever, or you know, is looking at the quality of the quilts and how well the quilt made, how well the quilts are made. And so I'm not saying it's that's a non-entity, that that doesn't matter at all um, because precision does matter. Skills do matter. You're going to make a better quilt the better you make your quilt. I think you should put that on a t-shirt. Um, yeah, but at the same time, I think originality is highly prized. Graphic design does, is highly prized. Design is highly prized. Visual impact is highly prized. And so if you've got a quilt that may not be perfectly made, it may be other quilts actually are better constructed, but it has a visual or emotional impact that that better constructed quilt does not have. I think you're more like the, that the quilt with the impact the visual impact is going to have a better chance of winning a prize or getting into the show, even at that level. So, and that's good news for quilters like me who are quite imperfect. Um, there's a reason why this podcast is called The off culture Quilt. I named it that nine years ago. It stands true today. And, and I get frustrated with myself. And, you know, I, I continue to say what I've been saying for a long time. I wish there were classes, not on methods or techniques, but about skills building. And maybe there are, and maybe I, I haven't looked at what Craftsy's offering or Creative Bug, but that is what I would love to see. That is what I love about um, this, this, our local, our new craft shop. Um, Creative Freeman's Creative, with their knitting classes, they do a lot of skills building, like how, not just how to to construct this particular kind of of sweater, but how to construct a sweater, how to do the math, how to figure out how to make a sweater that's the right fit for you. And I would love to see quilting classes like that. All right, you've been quilting for three years five years ten years here's how to get better at it here's how to improve your skills and of course they're you know they're the harriet hargrove is that who it is that does the quilting academy classes uh books and and i should i have the first one i should maybe i should just work my way through those um but you know i'm too lazy let's just i should call myself the lazy quilter um where am i going with this no i can't remember oh i would like to get better but what's, but the fact is, is the uh, I, I love that I can make quilts that are appreciated in the modern quilt world because, people like my chairs, right, or my my Bauhaus birds, which I could not have done without my friend Adele. I don't know if Adele is still listening to this podcast, but if you are Adele, I still think of you. Uh, whenever I see that quilt, and how much credit is owed to you, um, I love that. I love that people are doing funky idiosyncratic stuff and it's getting love and um yeah and that that's important to me you know my friend and I were talking about the g-spin quilts which we both love um, some of those quilts are not beautifully constructed quilts. Some of them are, you know. It's, it's, that's a long tradition of many generations. There's not a uni, a uni quilt when it comes to the G-spin quilts. But, it, but the construction in some ways, it's like that's not what we're, we're loving hard on, right? That's not what's drawing our eye. It's the, it's the pattern. It's the visual impact of the quilt. And I love that that is so important in modern quilting. And, um, and that that's valued and that your quilt can be imperfect but still valued and loved because it's got rows of chairs and, <laughs> and the quilting isn't great um, but those chairs pe- make people happy and that makes me happy. I uh, Somebody left a comment um, I don't know, somebody had put and this pleased me deeply that someone had done like a you know, here's some of my favorite quilts from QuiltCon and somebody had put sit in and some comment was like, I I love that quilt. I got right up to it. So my nose was practically touching it. I'm going, no, no. <laughs> That's the one thing you should not do with that quilt. It made me happy that she really liked it. Um, at the same time, I'm like, no, no. Remember, you have to stay five feet away from the quilt at all times. But anyway, so it was a great show. It's an exciting show. Obviously, I have not talked about, in, in critical ways, about Quilts. I mean, that I have not talked about the quilts that I didn't care for, and there were quilts I didn't care for. There were some quilts that I, I actually, I felt like the quilting wasn't good, and not just boring or like oh, there's some more straight line quilting because one I love straight line quilting, um, but that it's it seemed like subpar. There were quilts where I feel like we're just on the tail end of the last, you know, of of a design trend, so that, that they are no longer on trend they are jumping off the trend and and so we're visually um not that interesting you know just quilts where i felt like well i've seen this quilt before and at this point too many times i don't not not going to name names um and i felt those were in a uh, a small minority of the quilts at the show um you know one of the things that i was thinking about last night you know i think i've talked about this on the podcast before that I got interested in why human beings love visual patterns and there are some theories about that in terms of evolutionary uh, you know in terms of evolution right in terms of what would you I don't know would you say evolutionary biology or whatever that is where um, we seek out patterns so that when patterns are disrupted right so we um, it catches our eye Right? Patterns, patterns. if something isn't, you know, so if we're looking at the same, say, there's a horizon, and on that horizon is the edge of the forest, and we look at that and we see the pattern of the trees and the, the leaves, and it's the same forest every season, it changes seasonally, but so we, we understand, and, and so, and there's something very pleasing about that, because as long as that pattern is not disrupted, we know that everything's okay, when a wild boar <laughs> disrupts the the pattern of the trees and comes out of the trees, we know that everything is not okay, and it 's time to run and Unfortunately, the wild boar runs faster than we do, and that 's its whole different story but that 's one of the reasons that we like patterns that patterns suggest order and uh, a no non that we 're no, not in crisis it's when the patterns get disrupted that we 're in crisis. I also think, um, maybe still thinking in terms of evolutionary, uh, please someone, I know you're yelling. I already, for the podcast that I posted yesterday, I think, or the day before, so and today's March 1st, so I think I posted this podcast yesterday, part one, and um, and yeah, and I already got comments. The word you were looking for was forklift. <laughs> The word you were looking for was badge. My friend Paula. Aichi <laughs> messaged me. It's like, here are the words you were searching for. Um, so someone can tell me what I'm trying to st- say. That the way that we are shaped by evolutionary forces. That's not what I'm trying to say. Anyway. But this idea that the I wants something new. Um, because sometimes we need to wake up right? Because you can be looking at that soothing vista of trees and underbrush that stays same, the same, at least through the season, right? It changes at fall, it changes in winter, but we understand those changes in the patterns. But sometimes when you're looking at those calm, pleasing patterns, you start to fall asleep, right? So you need um, the cardinal, right, suddenly going, it's giving your eye something new to look at, so you wake up, and you're aware, and alert, and I kind of feel that's the way we are with anything, with colors, right, there's a color that comes on the horizon, and we love it, we love it, it's the best color, we make all our quilts in that color, and the sun like, so tired of that color, I think we'll get tired of mustard yellow, and chartreuse, maybe sooner rather than later, right now, they feel very interesting and new, um, that, that just can't last long, (laughs) It's chartreuse for crying out loud, but um, yeah. So that the eye gets tired, and the eye needs to be revived. So there were quilts I saw that my eyes just felt like tired. Like I've seen this. I need to see new things. Um, but you know, as we know, any kind of fashion or trend, it, it does it, it. It it seems to be riding on a curve, right? And it's new. It's new. It's first. It's new, and we don't like it. <laughs> Right. Some, the first time you hear a song that's different from the other songs you've been listening to, um, you don't like it. When I, I, was, I started buying albums for you young people, that's just recording recorded music. Um, I started buying albums and records like in third grade, and steadily for a long time would buy. Uh, that's where my allowance and babysitting money went. And almost always, the first time I listened to a really good album that was doing something different, I hated it. And then I would listen to it some more, right? It's gone and all of a sudden it was like amazing. And you know, and, and I got used to its newness and then it became exciting and then I was really taking it in and really living within that album. I really loved music, I still do, but that was so important to me growing up. And then you get to a point where it's great, you still love it, but you need but you're kinda of getting tired of it. So that's like any trend, right? Um I have a theory about music, by the way, about albums, recorded music, collections of recorded songs for you younger people, is that every album has a certain number of times you can listen to it before you're just so sick of it you'll never listen to it again. And, and an album like Van Morrison's Astral Weeks, that is the closest to infinity number of listens. Is that even a phrase? Affinity number of. Um, that, I think, has maybe three or four billion listens to it. Were there are other albums, say like the first Cars album, which I really, really loved um, when I got it on cassette tape in whatever year that was. Um, it has fewer. Not the, It has a lot. It's a great album, but does not have three or four billion listens. So there. anyway, so that's a little tangential, but it is my theory and I, I it's one of my favorite ones. Um yeah so with with going to a show like QuiltCon, there are those quilts where you feel like i've seen it and it's not that it's a bad quilt and some of those quilts where i felt like I, I had seen that quilt just as many times as i needed to see it that kind of quilt that palette um that construction it wasn't that i felt like oh that's not a good quilt that was it wasn't a judgment on the quality of the quilt it was just like i've seen you know I, i've lost interest um You know, and you can do that with your own quilts, right? I do that with my own stories and books. Um, I don't spend a lot of time rereading my work, but there's some things that I do return to that I really enjoy reading again. And other things, it's like, nah, I'm done with that. Don't need to to spend any more time with that. Um, Same with my own quilts and same with, you know, just particular kinds of quilts. So to me, the quilts, you know, that are most exciting are the ones that feel new, that feel a little odd, and weird I felt like that Heidi Parks quilt was just weird and I spent a ton of time with it you know and it was like that first the first time I saw it it was like the first listen of uh, some album will come to me later you can fill that in like think of an an album or CD or a a cassette where you listen to it in the first time well for me Sandinista by The Clash right I'm a big Clash fan first time I listened to Sandinista I'm like what's going on but it grew on me um, and I felt that way about the Heidi Parks quilt, the one with the very odd, very odd quilt, very odd colors, very odd stitching. And the first time I saw it, I said, no, no, no. But the more I stayed with it, the more I'm like, yeah, there's something going on here. Those are the quilts that are exciting to me. Um, amazing show. If you are anyway connected to the leadership of the Modern Quilt Guild, well done. Very exciting stuff. Um, so now I'm going to get on with my life I have been so tired this week I've done, I've done what I've had to do in terms of chores and driving and grocery shopping and what have you I was hoping I would come back and do a lot of quilting I've not done a thing a little bit under the weather if I sound funny or quiet that's partly why I'm kind of under the weather now um, yeah yeah but I feel really inspired, and I have a million ideas, and I have to be disciplined, because I do, I've, I made that pledge, I'm going to finish the quilt, my quilts that need to be quilting, I made that pledge last year, I am serious about doing charity quilts, um, but I have a lot, I came back feeling inspired, and I have uh, just lots of ideas about what I want to do next, and uh, the next time I talk to you, I'll tell you more about those. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Off-Kilter Quilt. Come visit me online at offkilterquilt.com. Until next time, this is Francis. Remember, life is short. Quilt first.